What's good with it? How much are you into or against conventionality, being normal, following societal norms? So there's this guy, right? Tom Torero, a dating coach, pickup artist, who's been around for uh, at least five, ten years, as far as I know of. And actually, when I got into pickup, he's one of the main people I followed or imitated as far as structure and just crossing the bridge from being able to see what it is you want and crossing the bridge to taking the action. Grabbing life by the horns, as he would always say. So he is influential, you know. I would say, um, you know, he would speak on the ups and downs of not having the conventional relationships and deciding not to have it, being essentially totally against it. He spoke against having wives, girlfriends, and all that. Not that he's saying you shouldn't, but he would always say that you have to cut off your manhood in order to coexist in a situation like that, you know? So his big thing was turn his back on society as a whole. The marriages that he felt pressure from people around him to get into, regular conventional relationships, date somebody your age, all those type of things, and also working the job. He said he was a primary school teacher for years, and he made decent money, but he left it behind in pursuit of a life that he knew could make him less, but he committed to that. He left his job behind and spoke against having anything weigh you down, which a lot of people are like that when they have the spirit and idea to get out and move. You know, Grant Cardone, wealthy, speaks against having a house because it weighs you down. Because the average person, when they get a house, they have to live in it. It's a big anchor in his eyes. Now, obviously, he speaks in that fashion to give you a 
an extreme so you see his point as far as, yes, it is an investment because you live in it, but he says it's not an investment because it doesn't make money. So that to say, Tom isn't the only person who thinks this way. And in fact, the Grand Cardone says, rent where you live and own where other people live. You know, buy apartments, big units, and lease those out. But rent where you live. This is all temporary. These are toys to use. Essentially is the mindset. But anyway, back to Tom. So he lived what he spoke. Black Sheep Bandit was his term or phrase he would use. Don't worry about what people tell you when you speak to relatives and even friends and all that. Unless it serves what you think. Which it goes into my healthy narcissism. Sometimes you got to shield off what people say. Now, on the flip side, you can look at Tom Terrero, who supposedly, allegedly committed suicide about a year and some change ago. Which I didn't know about it at first. I just noticed I haven't seen Tom post for a while, so I go look at YouTube after about five months of not seeing him. But it wasn't totally abnormal because there is times when he disappeared off the net for a bit. He'll go on a hiatus, not say anything sometimes, and other times he would, so I didn't think much of it. He just popped in my mind one day, so I looked it up and found out he was gone. So obviously someone could say, because Tom would speak on the frustrations as long as long as you're out on the road on your own, you're going to have the frustrations and you're going to have the high highs, high highs, low lows. So you have to have a resilience to live the black sheep bandit lifestyle because it's you essentially. And his whole thing was being able to get to a new city, a new area, stay for however long you wanted and have the skills to be able to build a whole team of friends and females when you get there. Mainly females. The skill to go anywhere that you want to go and not have to worry about being by yourself. He would show you how to number farm for the first week or so. And then maybe the second or third week, rely on dates and and numbers you got throughout that time to keep you occupied for a month. That's how he was on it. So one could say that the loneliness of his lifestyle could have been what wore on him 
but we know it could have been financial because he didn't have a steady job. He would sell his online products, his books, things like that. And he would talk about being more of a minimalist, carrying what you need and getting rid of what you haven't used for a season or two, you know? And that was his thing. He had his van, his Sprinter-style van that he would travel in. It put it on my mind to get one. I believe I still do, and I still will. We'll see. But you know those ones you can go on the road, and you basically you got a kitchen in there, you can sleep in there, all that stuff. So you can just roll. And when you want to stop, he would get Airbnbs. So he had it all mapped out, and he was making his money. And he would loosely call it that four-hour work week that Timothy Ferris has, the book. He would reference that as the lifestyle. And he would speak on being able to, one, sharpen your skills, getting in the practice and infield, and two, being able to craft your image based on your age. So when you get in your 50s, you don't have to worry about it. He told you more of a style and mindset to grasp onto when you get that age. And the big question was how long can you live that lifestyle before you think you want to have convention, which by then is naturally too late to have the full conventional lifestyle, you know. But a detractor can say, I mean, why would you listen to that guy? And it could have been depression that allegedly had him kill himself. It could have been financial. Who knows, you know? But I would say this, because I was listening to a podcast within the last week, and he was talking about how he detested the idea of working. And the robot you are when you have a regular job. So it made me think, which is basically the title of this right here. Death over conventionality, question mark. Because he lived what he spoke. I believe if it was any type of depression or he had enough, or he had trouble surviving. He was just like, man, I mean, whatever. I'm cool. But one thing I'm not going to do is go back to convention. This may be tougher than I thought, but what I'm not going to do is go back to that lifestyle to where you're, in his quotes, the beta, how he pronounced it, beta, in that situation where you cut off your manhood to maintain a household with a partner who's going to try you a billion miles an hour. So if you've ever listened to Coach Michael Burt, who you've heard me reference many times, he likes to create his own definitions. So when he talks about, or he likes to accentuate for it to fit, 
what he's going through and a point he's making. He talks about making a decision. We know a decision to be picking one way or one thing over another. But how Michael Burt describes a decision is to kill off options. So how you arrive at a decision, if you just don't say outright, I want this, you get there by, I don't want that. I don't want that. And you kill off that option. That way there's a level of decisiveness even when you have not fully decided what you are going to do yet by deciding what you are not going to do. That to say, it seems like Tom Terrero made a decision, an unwavering decision to leave conventional lifestyle, which in its own space is stand up. I got to respect right? What's all he had going on? I don't know. But that, he stood on it. Which is scare the average person some. And I know by experiencing the pickup lifestyle, which I live it myself, not to the extreme of anything else comes second to it. But I get on the road, I travel, you know, I get to where I need to get to do what I need to do, sharpen skills, be able to pass it on, teach it. Number one thing to get guys to make better decisions in the relationships is to make sure they have abundance and they're not making decisions out of lack and out of fear. So not only do I benefit, did Tom benefit, but those who listen benefit. It's tough to have these iron rules and standards if you don't have enough females to keep some, drop some, keep some, drop some. If you have to lock on and keep whatever you had, you can't make decisions and have iron rules that, that you're unwavering on because you got to bend so much. So anyway, but I experienced that lifestyle he lives and as he knows, and as anyone who experienced that lifestyle knows. I'm not even talking about the lifestyle of freedom, of leaving behind the job and all that stuff. I'm talking about the lifestyle of the pickup artist. To go out and be able to, as long as that person exists, and as long as you're there, you got action at anybody. So there's no superstar rock star who can play any instrument so good that he could ever reach a pool of females you can't and as a man hey that's proper you know what I mean that to say once you see the possibility in it you know you're selling yourself short to go back to convention somebody you kind of want and kind of don't she can't stay 25 forever you know what I mean? Now, if she's dynamite and you two have a bond that's out of this world, cool. Because random people, chances are none of them will have that type of bond with you. So if you have that somehow, hey man, beautiful. But for the average person in the average situation, you cannot beat 
any female you come across over one that you have to deal with no matter what or those those few that you actually get. Because once you get the skill and you get the ability and you see the possibility, anyone you know who, who gets on the road and experiences enough life and have enough ways to provide for themselves, think of Tariq Nasheed, think of Grant Cardone, they don't turn back to what they left. A lot of times they make a decision and leave behind a lifestyle that they had previously. Tariq Nasheed talks about how he was in Alabama and he got so sick of it there. He was so worn down on it that he got his way out to California and didn't know how he was going to survive, how he was going to get money, how he was going to eat. He probably had a loose idea, but he came out there essentially as a teenager or close to it and never looked back. He just did what he had to do to survive. You know, so often it's about getting on the road, man. And he talks about that. When you belly aching over some regular girl from your school or from your class or Susie Q from the job, hey, man, that's one of the reasons you are the simping because you don't recognize the level of options that are out there. And that's not just with dealing with the opposite sex. That's with life itself and opportunity itself. You stuck there having the same pattern, go to the same places, back and forth, this bar, that job, that public transportation. You're going to keep running to the same people. So the level of options when you are out moving, getting where you want to get and experiencing whatever you want to experience. When you get home, sit, come home when you feel like it. You don't have to wait till you have the vacation. Nothing. When you're totally freelance, not just in dating options, but in lifestyle. And you could have what you want in lifestyle and can survive that way. And you've proven to yourself you could survive that way. See also the parallel. When you're a man and you're out on the road and you're getting the dating options you want and it's meeting your, your requirements and you've proven to yourself you can do it, you're not turning back. It don't make sense. You're not going to live a lifestyle you live, getting where you want to get, and then, ah, uh, let me stop and go back. Number one, you reached for more. You took a chance of using your resources and stepping out on a limb because you made a decision to not have what you were having. So if you prove to yourself that you can survive and excel, you're not going to go back to it. So time, I think, could have got stuck in the middle. He wasn't having it his way out on the road, probably. You know, ups, downs. You got to think. When you're moving around and you in a van, you got repairs all the time. It's cold all the time, all winter. Some of us don't like winter and we're in the house for a large portion of the time. You know, but when you live and you're moving and you're rolling, you kind of uh, pick up and live where you are, wherever it is. And it could be gloomy for your mindset, for your psyche, you understand? 
So I think Tom probably, he probably got stuck in the middle. As I say, he wasn't getting all the paper and having all the happiness on the road because there are extreme ups and downs. I know that from my first day game tour. Day game is daytime pickup. Not at the bar, none of that, not drunk, not where someone is expecting for you to talk to them, but that person's right there. You purposely went on the road to go to this area to see what you can knock or come up on in this area. There she go, go talk to her. Developing the skill, gaining options, you understand? You have to get a lot of them because so many don't pan out. And plus you got to, as I say, have standards with the females. And they don't meet them, you got to drop them. So you got to acquire rapidly. But I know the first time I went out, I was in Huntington, West Virginia. First time I hit the road out there at Marshall University. And I found myself like, what am I doing out here? So you always have that. Like, what am I doing here? I drove all this way. So you kind of go back and forth in your mind. So mentally, you have to be strong to step out and do whatever it is that you're endeavoring to do. So because the extremes, you'll have a day or a a stretch where you just pummel regular man lifestyle. They can't come close. There's no regular man there's such a small percentage of men who can compete with the options and the level of females a solid pickup artist get. It's not possible because you just simply don't run into enough people. You don't have the numbers. There just ain't no way. Just like anything else you dedicate yourself to. You're not going to be a fantastic golfer if you don't dedicate yourself. If you do it once in a while because you happen to, yeah, let's go out one weekend and golf. Nines out of 10, you can't compete with somebody who makes it a point to work on their drive, work on their putt on a consistent basis. It's not possible, essentially. Right? Unless there's some weird advantage one of them has. Let's say you're a basketball player and somebody rarely plays, but he's seven foot four. 320 pounds of muscle. Okay, maybe he can compensate because he's so big. Okay, then it's possible. But average person can't compete with the results of a pickup artist. It's not even close. Just by sheer numbers. And you're making a a point to improve with your ability to lead people, to guide people, which of course translates into everything else. And main thing is overcoming fear of approach anxiety. So once you can overcome that fear, that pretty much translates to public speaking, decision making. You'll, you'll accept less jive and drama and bluff and nothingness because you put yourself against extreme conditions. So you start to move different than the average person. And same as these hustlers I mentioned, Cardone, Nasheed, you move different because you're up against it. You don't have the comfortability to sit at home and talk about what you would do if. What I would do, in my opinion, those are the opinion contest people. What they would do if. That's the difference. You're a subordinate when you speak that way. And these people who get out there and lead their lifestyle, as, as Tariq says, he says, you are the conductor of your game. 
you are the composer of your game. So, as I say, I think Tom was experiencing some of the highs, but some of those lows will wear on you. And I know with him, he had been with someone in his adulthood. He may have been married, but he had at least a serious situation with someone at some point. And he would find himself, when he took a break from pickup and creating his products, his online products, he would give videos and tutorials on how to um, improve yourself and to improve your pickup skills. So when he wasn't and he was just sitting around, he would find a female here and there that he may lay up with for a couple months. And he would talk like one of those guys who was kind of falling into convention. He'd be like, hey, man, I got to get back out on the road. I'm tripping. So he had some of that in him still, which will intensify if you are out on your own, you know. So the highs are the highs, the lows got low, but what he was not going to do, he wasn't going to go back. So you're not happy out here and you're kind of in between because you're not going back there. And it's tough to make money on the road probably. So, and it could have just been one night where he let himself get so down or made a rash, poor decision which we do, and allegedly he killed himself. You know, I don't know. But hey, the thing is, he was not going to accept what he did not want. And I think Females get caught up when they look at certain public figures. They have this anger that other people do not move how they want them to move. See, look at that. See, see, they try to use all these examples and point to people. And I'm saying, hey, man, that person decided how they were going to live, which also means you're essentially deciding how you're going to go. What standing you are when you go. You're pretty much deciding that by making a decision to live this way. So, essentially, he was good with what he was doing. What are you doing, though? Why is he more exciting than you? And what kind of loser sits around and says, oh, see, see, What kind of loser is the I told you so person? How would you be watching somebody closely enough and through the dullness of a regular day to see when they finally slip? Like, what are you doing with yourself? That guy lived. Okay, uh, I'm a little bit down on the, uh, the negative portion of this. So whatever decision he made is a decision he made. But he would not go back to the lifestyle you live. And you know the frustration in that because you live it. That's why you're angry at a lot of public figures. The fact that you know them 
They don't know you and couldn't pick you out of a lineup, says all we need to uh, hear right there. They are more exciting to you than you. So, hey, man, how about you get you instead? That's the assignment to the loser people. Hey, man, man, get you. And if you like convention, the house, the picket fence, the babies, the puppies, have that, man. But you can't be that person who's content with that and then you're whining about all these other people who don't want that. Hey, man, not everybody want that. And if you're so good, you're good. Because when I'm good, I don't whine that somebody doesn't want what I want. If I'm sitting here and I like vanilla ice cream and you like chocolate, that was your preference for the day. This is my preference for the day. I'm not going to not like my vanilla or not concentrate on my vanilla because you don't have vanilla. I'm not. It's not going to ruin my mood. You want a chocolate? Okay. Whatever. Let me get mine. And I'm good. I'm not going to pout and whine. Unless you wanted vanilla and you couldn't get it, okay, that's different. But if you got what you want and I got what I want, hey, man, I'm good. So when someone supposedly has what they want and what is supposedly right, what compels them to try to force you to get it? You see what I mean? I know you heard the old adage, misery loves company. That's all it is. If you want what I got, I can show you how to get it. I can show you how to excel. But if you're good where you're at, man, that's cool. And that's as far as it go with me. If there's no victim in it and you are living by choice and whoever is involved is along by choice, hey, man, that's good money. I feel you. Because one always has to wonder what a motive is when that's not good enough for somebody. Why do you want me to want that? <laughs> what are you trying to con me out of? You see? That's the easiest way to spot somebody trying to con you, by the way. That's some game right there. Be totally non-reactive and don't be adamant about it. No, I'm not changing my decision. Just say, no, nah, I'm good. And you can spot somebody who's trying to con you and twist you into something because they'll bring it up again. They'll make it like a thing. If it doesn't seem like you're totally against it, they'll try to guide you some more and guide you some more. I'm like, no, nah, I'm cool. And then they'll find a different way to ask or bring up the same thing. You got to watch people like that, man. Snaky, angry people like that. Weaselly, trollish people. You got to keep people like that away from you, man. Slap them off. Get off me, son. You good? And that's why you need boundaries for people. I had somebody tell me uh, that I was harsh on her. You know, Look, I'm going to give you your grown-up, grown man talk the first time I say it. The first time. Because when you bring it up again, that's passive aggression. That's why one of my rules, do not have me say a second time what we both know you understood the first time because it's passive aggression. So the first time I presented to you, 
hey man, that was the time where I'm serious and I ain't playing around and I'm bound to slap your head off if you try me again. That was all of them, all in, in one whop. When I say, hey, I'm good, don't do that. That was all of them. You up against it. <laughs> the next one, you susceptible and I got the right and almost the responsibility to tax you for that. So to her and people like that, hey man, the first time I said it, yeah, I meant it that time. That was a chance for uh, you to get some respect. And next time, you ain't gonna like me like that. You ain't gonna like me like that. What do you mean? All right, (laughs) you see what I mean? That's why you have to draw boundaries on people. They're always snaky losers reaching and probing and conning. It's because they're upset with themselves. Nines out of ten, they work themselves into a corner. They back themselves into a life they wish to escape. And since they can't escape it and they can't climb to where you are, they try to pull you down into it and stand in the way. No real logical plan to excel. They'll use all that energy trying to pull people down instead of climbing up with it. That's because they quit on themselves. That's why you can show them a way that works. But in the end, they know their habits and they know their raggedy character with poor drive. And essentially, I ain't going to do it anyway. What difference do it make? you telling me, Freeze? That's what they're saying. So watch how you move and who you move around and who you bring with you. But hey, man, as time would say, grab life by the horns. You heard me and make a decision. Commit to the decision and see it all the way through. Don't get stuck halfway. You know? You being unconventional does not have to have a poor ending. Dude was only 30-something, maybe 40. Think of how many different ways your situation done spun over the past decade. He had a decade till he got 50. Like, how many ways can things turn? And as I heard it, how many times did you think you were down and out? You never recover. Hey, man, and here you are right now. You always got a chance till you ain't here no more. And you ain't got to worry about it anyway. You know what I mean? So, grab life by the horns. You like it conventional? Get your conventional on. You want to be a black sheep bandit? Handle that. Just have the frame to make life deal with you in the fashion you want to deal with it, all right? But even more so than that, be kind, be pleasant, and be great. Freeze this, freeze that.